congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. It feels like a book party up in here. I mean, I know, it's been all of- week long book party. I know. <laughs> We have so many people in the studio right now. I don't think I've ever been here with this many people. Tell me what your last name is again, Morgan. Vaughn. Morgan Vaughn. I should have remembered that. Morgan has been a fan for like freaking ever. I'm so excited. I know. And she came up from Lubbock with some of her book clubs. Say hello, girls. Really loud. (laughs) And everybody's in the house today. It's going to be kind of wild. The the two girls, tell me your names again. Kimber and Kimber and Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. We are in the Finer I bet you things never get club. that. <laughs> what, what, say that again. We're in the Finer Things Book Club and we have 11 really fabulous women in our book club. So, whoop, whoop. Yeah. It's a big book club. It is it a is. big book club. It now, is. you have to tell us also, because you guys have such a cool and unique book club. Okay. Every month we read the same book, but we do a themed meal that goes with whatever book that we read. So, like, um, what kind of meal would you would you do? Uh, well, so Kimber made these fantastic crab cakes because we read the Twelve Lives of Samuel Hawley, and that was absolutely wonderful. Um, and then we read a baseball book last month. What was the name of that? I can't remember now. Yes, and we drank starts over, and so we did a whole baseball themed, um, you know, spread that night. So you ate hot dogs. Oh, okay. Sorry, and peanuts was... and Cracker Jacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for Daisy Jones, they had all kinds of goodies that went with the book and things that were mentioned in the book, all kinds of candies that represented things from the book. And so... <laughs> Come on, just say it. <laughs> that represented the drugs in the book. Cocaine. Uh, powdered sugar and uh, jelly beans. Excellent. <laughs> but we really get into it. We have matching shirts. Kimber has one on today. Um, we'll so... take your picture and put it on Instagram. Yeah. Notice I said Instagram this time instead of Facebook. We'll put so, it on the Instagram. <laughs> we'll put it on the interwebs. <laughs> so we have a really good group and we have a big diverse group. So we have, you know, women who are married, women who are not married. We have moms. We have single ladies who are not moms. We have single moms. And I think that makes it really good because you get a good perspective from everybody. So we talk about the book. And then the best part, it's always my favorite part. It's a lot more like your podcast. Everybody gets to recommend their favorite books that they've read in the prior month. Oh. And usually then that'll also turn into, you know, I read this book and then I'm listening to this podcast. And that's definitely the best part of our book club. Mm. That is so cool. And the cool. drinking. I was going to say, and the drinking? Yeah, lots of wine. Okay. So much wine. Do your husbands come and get you or your friends? We Uber. Smart girl. <laughs> Smart girl. Who has to go to the county that's not dry to get the booze? Oh, no. Now we we do have liquor. <laughs> I lived in Texas, remember? <laughs> Graham was a dry county. We had to drive to the drive to the border to get, get us some beer and wine. And usually I supply the wine. I drive down to Brownville, Texas, where we get our wine in Terry County every week. So I always come back with plenty of bottles to share. And you brought us some bottles today, didn't you? I did. I brought three bottles from Farmhouse Vineyards. 
Yay, Farmhouse Vineyards. Mm-hmm. We'll be uh, talking about you at some later point. I'm sure Vani and I will uh, drink some and oh, yeah. watch the Vampire Diaries. We will. We'll watch some it's vampire our- drama. and <laughs> It's our favorite Friday pastime. <laughs> That's where it comes into play that as long as I'm not too drunk to walk the dog yeah. is our vampire wine drinking nights. <laughs> yes. That's how she gauges yeah. her drunkenness. Okay, I can have one bottle and still walk the dog. So we're good. <laughs> and I'm not invited to this party. Now, Martha, we, you would hate this party. I know. You we, would hate it with all of your heart. <laughs> we only crochet when we're not drunk. Well, right, because I can't crochet and drink. That's just too much. <laughs> well, that's cool that you guys have such a vibrant book club. It is fairly rare in this day and age, and I heard you telling one of the girls, we all sat down and had a huge book dinner last night, and we sort of had everyone spread out, so there were lots of different conversations going on about books, and I heard you say to Dana, you said, um, if you don't show up for book club, you're out. Yes, that's true. We're pretty ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have that good of a group that you're like, if you come in, by God, you will be here. And you better read the book, too. We if you only don't... wear pink on Wednesdays, so <laughs> you have to sit at a different table. <laughs> yeah. If you don't read the book, you don't show up with a very valid excuse. It needs to be really valid. You have to have a doctor's note. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've never missed a book Are club. you a book bully, Morgan? So. No. <laughs> Maybe. I know you're not. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) No, but last Halloween, um, one of our last, I think our last member came in because I was trick-or-treating with my kids in the neighborhood and this mom who works with another one of our book club members had heard about our book club and wanted in. And so I got propositioned while trick-or-treating with my kids (gasps) to see if this other mom could come to the book club. And because her husband cooks really well... We totally let her join, and uh-huh. we love having book club at her house because her husband cooks for us. Hmm. So, so what you're saying is something that I would get an automatic entry into the book club because my husband is a good cook. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> so uh, during the book dinner, I, I thought that was really cool. It was so fun, and we met some new friends, and we followed everybody on Goodreads and Instagram, and so I think that was the best part. I think we should all do that. I think we should start doing book girl meetups. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not involved around like right. just our m- live event. Just meeting up. Um, like, I'm not talking about us specifically. I'm talking about in other cities. Like um, Morgan was saying last night <laughs> that she wanted to meet Rachel. Yes. Because Rachel lives in Amarillo, which is fairly close to where you guys are. So, I mean... What we'll do is we'll just set up three book girls meetups in different cities and then people, book people can go meet each other. Wouldn't it be fucking awesome? It would be really cool if you could set up book girl meetups like that in another city and then us meet up like for pizza night or whatever and then Skype each other. (gasps) I mean. Oh my God. I think a new thing is being born right in front of us. Technology. We are in the 21st century. You have to forgive Martha for not thinking of the technology part. She's, she <laughs> doesn't like it. She doesn't understand the corners of the interweb. <laughs> of the interweb. <laughs> She's stroking her forehead right now. <laughs> I do have the equipment at my fucking house, okay? I just don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> Get your husband to show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't... 
He's even older than me. <laughs> The iPhones already. <laughs> I am not going to participate in that fucking cult, okay? It's a cult. I, iPhones are a cult item. Come to the dark side. We have cookies. Clearly, you have text messages that arrive in order. Correct. Exactly. That's really the best part. That's the reason why we know we have cookies is because we're actually getting our text messages. <sighs> a morning Martha person. Martha has traded me in for younger models. She has Kayla and Alyssa. She doesn't need me anymore. Oh, She's like, listen, you turned 45. You're too old for me now. I have to go younger. She's like a man in midlife crisis. Exactly. I need the younger model. Yeah. I'm, my estrogen has left the building. <laughs> officially now. I'm officially in menopause. I'll be doctor shopping for estrogen now. <laughs> you know, you could probably do that on the internet. Yeah, I think I You're need correct. to. You're correct. <laughs> on the internet. Can you show me on the interwebs how to do that? <laughs> Martha, you use this thing and it's called Google. I need them estrogen. My grandmother, this is a true story. My grandmother and my aunt used to drive from Wyoming to Mexico to get her estrogen. That's crazy. They would get like a year's supply of that shit and go back up. They did it for years. My grandmother took estrogen until she was in her 70s. Wow. She lived to be 100 though. So I'm thinking she might have had something going on. It was that. Mexican estrogen. You know, you, yeah, <laughs> those you Mexican about. horses, boy, they really got it. Their their piss is the best. <laughs> Nothing like some Mexican piss. <laughs> okay, can we stop the elderly hazing now? No. Please. I looked it up Today? on the Google. <laughs> I'm feeling unfairly maligned. Okay. <laughs> It's very fair. What are you talking about? You haze us all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. Really, I can't haze that much. I'm not that much younger than you. It's 10 years, man. It's only nine. Is it only nine? Yeah. You, how like old are nine you? And a half. I'm You're 45. I'll be 55 in February. Yeah, but right after you turn 55 in February, I'm going to turn 46. Not till August. That's six months. Well, so it's nine and a half years. Oh, my gosh. You're rounding up from five to seven, and I can't even round up, round down. All right. We need to stop our public <laughs> bickering here <laughs> in front of the kids. <laughs> You're making the kids uncomfortable. We're, we're bickering in front of the kids. They're going to think we're going to get divorced. <laughs> Mommies, why do you fight? <laughs> Mommies. <laughs> if we have to take sides in this divorce, I'm sorry, Martha, I have to take Vonnie's side because I have to live next to her. Actual. <laughs> she what lives next to me. <laughs> I would. I'll what? pick you in my heart. Ever. <laughs> you would not. Liar. Shall we try to find something positive to say on this podcast? Well, so I will chime in and say that, you know, what I love so much about books is that when you turn on the TV these days and certain people are still doing things that are not okay with you, maybe morally or how you would want your kids to act, then you can read books with your kids and kind of brainwash them through the books. Brainwash them into positive things? (laughs) Into positive things, into understanding, you know, why you believe what you believe and that sort of And thing. help them to understand that kindness is a good thing. Yes. And that behaving positively towards others. Yes. Yeah. And that you can't bully somebody into specific acts like voting. Bless you. 
Yeah. Yeah. My kids and I read Refugee last year by Ellen Gratt. Awesome. And it was so good because it really explained to them a lot of the immigration issues that they'd been seeing on the news. And it follows the story of a kid who's a refugee from Syria. And then the next chapter is refugees from Cuba. Um, you know, back when the revolution was going on. Um, and so, and then it also has, um, a Jewish boy who's fleeing from Poland. And so all those three stories are kind of woven throughout all of it. That is so cool. And the St. Louis is mentioned in it as well. And so, um, I loved being able to kind of teach my kids both the history and why it is that, you know, our policy is what it is and why our laws are what they are. And, you know, my kids and I, all of us, we just loved it. The St. Louis as in the ship. So yes. What was the name of the book I read book a book again? about the St. Louis. You read The German Girl. Yes, yes. I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah. What That's was the, the name sh- of the book again? Refugee by Alan Gratz. Yeah. So for if you, if you have kids, you need to get on that. Yeah. He has several good books, too. I mean, not just if you had kids. It yeah. sounds like it'd be a good book it's, for anybody. It's such a good book. for. I've read another one of his books recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it was a World War II historical fiction book, but my daughter read it and I read it. We both loved it. And so there's awesome. my positive segue. And how old are your kids? 10 and 8. See, I honestly, one of the things that I had the hardest time with when Dylan was growing up is that I didn't like the way the children's books talked down to kids. I, Because we talked to our child like a person from the time he was very small. And a lot of the literature out there for kids at that time was all very dumbed down. I mean, it's like, do you really talk to your kids this way? You know, I like the fact that there's language they might not understand in a book because it gives you the opportunity to explain what each word means. You stop, you say, do you know what this word means? And they say no. And then you explain it. My son has the most amazing vocabulary. Your children should read Artemis Fowl by Ian Colfer. My daughter and I are currently reading that together. The greatest series of all time for children. We are reading it. I got an extra copy for her best friend down the street. She's reading it. Her mom's reading it with her. So the four of us are all reading it together. We had this conversation last night. Ian Colfer. Yes, Yes. we had this conversation (laughs) last night because we were all spread out at this huge long table having this book dinner and we sort of sprinkled ourselves, I sprinkled myself down at the end so that all the book girls didn't sit together. That was great because we got to have some really awesome conversations. It was great. Yeah, and Dana recommended Artemis Fowl. Yes. So I'm going to get Dana on this podcast, too. She's an Oklahoma City girl. Is she? Yep. And her husband works for Schlumberger. Really? Yep. That's awesome. And my husband's retired Schlumberger, so it works out it's pretty good. It doesn't even yeah. sound like a real word. It's not even yeah, spelled the way it sounds either. <laughs> what? It's spelled Schlumberger. Yeah. Yeah. But it's called Schlumberger. And and she tried to start a book club and she said nobody showed up. Oh. Which it's makes okay, me really see, sad. I'm telling you. We need to step up our freaking game here. A lot. We're getting bypassed by Texas. Come on, Oklahomans. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong. We need to win in something other than just football. That's right. We need to win in both. That was a political statement. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it to be political. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that statement? You want to know what's really funny? Right at this very moment, her son is two doors down doing a, doing a fantasy football <laughs> show on the radio. <laughs> 
That's what's funny about that. <laughs> That's the only reason I know anything about sports, though, is because of my son, or else I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that one of our taglines is taking over the world one book at a time is to up the conversation about reading in general so that people can have a conversation about something besides what they saw on television. You know, a lot of times they don't even know there's a book attached to the movie they love (laughs) because they're not talking about it. Nobody's reading. People are reading, but they're not talking about it. Taught Mike about a book last night. What's that? I taught Mike about a book last night. Did you really? Based on a show. Which one? There's a great show on Netflix called The Haunting of Hill House because I just finished rewatching it for the third time. Mm-hmm. He was not aware of that it was based he wasn't. on a book by Shirley Jackson. Of course he wasn't because Mike's not much of a reader, but we are working on him because his girlfriend is a reader. Yes, she is. So Misty is helping us out with Mike to he get him on He did read a book for this live event, which he, he has did. never done before. I was absolutely floored. Kayla... Kayla gave him a suggestion for a spooky book that he could um, review, and he actually did it. I was totally <laughs> floored. I didn't think he would do it. That's awesome. He even went out and bought the book. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he showed me several other books he bought, too. I said, are you going to read them? Uh, Maybe eventually. <laughs> <laughs> they were classics, though. Before so. he dies, he'll read them, probably. He'll probably start reading a lot more once he has kids. Because then he'll be set, he won't be out every night doing stuff. Could we please transition <laughs> into books now? We have been yammering on for over thirty minutes. We have. Oh. So I guess I'm up. You're up, girl. Yeah, you're first. <clears throat> okay, and I read a book about teenage drama. Yes, because you know sometimes I need to feel younger than my age, so. This is a book called Reconstructing Amelia by Kimberly McCrate. And it's about a prep school in New York City. And uh, this girl, Amelia, is um, the daughter of a single mother who is a lawyer at a big law firm. And she goes to this prep school. Well, before the book starts, um, you find you know that um, the school has outlawed clubs. The students aren't allowed to create clubs and everything because they had had problems in the past with like bullying and hazing and stuff like that. Well, they've outlawed it, but the students are still doing it. So Amelia gets a letter inviting her to this secret meeting of the magpies because she's been chosen. And so she goes to the secret meeting and she's not really sure if she wants to join the magpies or not, but she just kind of goes to this meeting anyways to see what it's about. And she goes and um, she kind of likes a couple of the other people that are in the magpies and are being introduced to the magpies. So she decides to go ahead and join this club. Well, there's hazing rituals that you have to do to be able to be part of this club. Hazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Back to our bullying thing. (laughs) And mean girls. And mean girls, yes. Um, so she has to do like these different inappropriate things to be able to be part of this club. Like what? Like um, posting inappropriate pictures to a blog. Oh. And stuff Seriously? like that. Seriously? She has to post her bits and pieces on a blog? 
Well, I mean, it's not like naked pictures, but they're inappropriate pictures. Oh. Still not something that you want your daughter putting on a blog that thousands of people are going to see. And different things. Well, I should say at the beginning, the way that this book actually starts is that Amelia um, commits suicide. She jumps off the roof of the school. Or does she? I read this book. Oh, have you? (laughs) (laughs) And at the funeral, the mom gets a text message that says, Amelia didn't jump. So then she starts trying to investigate what happened. And it kind of goes back and forth in time between different, like when Amelia was alive. And you find out that she joined the magpies and she's having to do all of these things. Well, the hazing got so bad that she decided that she didn't want a part of it anymore. Well, then they started bullying her and sending her mean text messages and like posting, like they sent the pictures that were posted on this blog to like everybody in the school and like all of these horrible, terrible things. Then at the same time that all of you're finding out all of this about Amelia, you find out more of the mom's backstory and why she's a single mom. And they all kind of meld together to, and so by the end of the book, you have the full story of why, how events before Amelia was even born led to this mean girl hazing, bullying situation that she ended up in prep school. Sounds extreme. Yeah. And like I said, she, which it's at the beginning of the book, she quote unquote commits suicide by jumping off the roof of the school but then you find out what really happened at the end of the book which I'm not going to say Hmm. it was really good it sucked me in I'm not much for YA books or teenage drama books but this one was very well written and it kept my attention Hmm. and it did end with a little bit of a whimper instead of a bang but it ended well it still ended on a note where you were like I can't believe that that's how what actually happened, and not in a bad way. Not like I can't For believe they fucking I'm did that. I'm thinking of an episode of Sherlock right now. I don't know why. I mean, this could be on Netflix as a teenage drama thing. I think it could be like a obviously series. you know which one I'm talking about. Just yeah. like mm-hmm. Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Does it? Yes. Well, see, I never read Pretty Little Liars, but oh, I haven't either. But the show is great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good. It, it it actually reminded me a little bit of um. And I can't remember the movie that came out. It's been a long time ago. I don't know if you would you were even alive when it was on. But um, Reese Witherspoon and uh, Sarah Cru- Michelle. Cruel Cru- Intentions? Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This kind of remind this book reminded me of Cruel Intentions. That's a good movie. Yeah. It's a really good. And it's dark. And this book was dark. And it's just, I can believe that something like this would happen from remembering high school. But God, I hated high school so much. I can't believe that it went that far. And it kind of, because of course, when I went to high school, we didn't have social network and you didn't like. Oh, but they had some serious hazing. You didn't email back You didn't haze each other in the same way, but it still happened. No, but it it kind of um, shows you how far the bullying can go. Yeah. When you have access to somebody's social media and email accounts and blogs and everything else. Yeah, it's extreme. Because they were very terrible. 
to this girl. I mm. felt for. I'm like, well, something ha- needs to have been done. Unfortunately, that kind of stuff happens. I mean, young girls are killing themselves based on scenarios just like that. Actually, right. it happened here in Oklahoma City recently. Yeah. Well, they're, they're constantly talking about bullying and and stuff like that on social media and how everybody needs to watch. You know, if you see something that's not right, report it. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, oh, well, something just blowing off steam or whatever. Report that crap because apparently it can get a whole lot worse. And well, and the first, the first um, knee-jerk reaction of a teenager when they see something inappropriate is, oh, my God, you have to see this. And then they share it. Well, it's, it's not like, necessarily malicious when they do it. They do it because... They want their friend to see what they're seeing, yeah. and they don't realize that by doing that, they're actually spreading the disease instead of... Well, it's just like gossiping. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. like, oh, did you hear about so-and-so? Well, I heard Oh, my that. God, look at this horrible picture they shared. Blah, yep. blah, blah. But see, the difference between like when I went to school and like now with text messages and emails and everything that you can group text like 15 people at one time... When I was in school, it was gossip that you just kind of, you know, told to the next person. They told to the next person. Well, if you weren't part of that specific group of people, it probably never got to you. But now with social media and everything, it gets to everyone. It's just made Mm -hmm. gossip. The gossiping problem in high schools and everywhere actually worse. So much worse. Yep. But yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was really good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it does have some a lot of sexual innuendos, but it it's not graphic by any means, and it's not there's not a whole lot of violence or anything. So I think this would be okay for your teenager to read. Again, that's Reconstructing Amelia by Kimberly McCrae. Lissa, I have been holding on to this book for I don't know, probably two or three months now. It's just waiting for the opportunity to to unleash it upon us. Yes, it's bananas. I'm so excited. This is the one I was telling you about. This is Ice Planet Barbarians <gasps> by Ruby Dixon. Ice Planet Barbarians? <laughs> it totally sounds like something I would love. No, you're going to hate it because it's a sci-fi romance novel. But <sighs> she has to talk to me. Hi, girl. <laughs> is that one of those weird covers you sent me? Girl, yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> one of this the ones that they won't publish on band. Facebook. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So many of my covers could get the get banned. Are you sure? Oh, this is the reason that we can't <laughs> yes. share our. Um, it's all my fault. <laughs> I wanted to elicit or um, Kayla does such a fantastic job on Instagram of sharing our the books that all of us read for the month. She does a page for each of us, and then she shares it. And I thought I was like, you know what? This would be a fantastic ad on Facebook because people love to see what we've read that we don't review. So I put the thing up as an ad and it kept getting rejected. They're like, this is sexually explicit. I'm like, dude, this is the fucking book covers. And then I pulled up the book covers they were for mine. Alyssa's. And the, every single one of them was like groping hands and bare chests. And yeah, like man geez. nipples poking out. Yeah. The ice barbarians. I know. This girl getting herself off on the cover. Seriously, Alyssa. I don't know that it's herself, but but it's close. That's what it looks like to me. I think that's a guy. I was going to oh. say, isn't that isn't that a head? <laughs> She's got her. She's got her hand on his head. Oh, that's his back. Oh, I was 
I couldn't tell. It looked like a dress from where I'm sitting. <laughs> That's what I thought. It looked I, like yeah. her going like this. I'm like, what did you think her hand was on? I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was on her. On her, uh, is that on? On her cooter. On on her, on her bucky. <laughs> on her cooter. <laughs> She's on her John Beaver. <laughs> I know, Kayla makes fun of me every month because I send my covers to her every month. She's like, you're going to get us banned. I'm not going to read different things. <laughs> anyway. Let me tell you what I can show on Facebook. <laughs> I'll show you something. <laughs> you want to see some cooter? <laughs> God, you know, Wasn't Nicole, cooter- <laughs> every time I say something like that, I think I, I automatically look at Nicole's chair. She hated she that. She hated that redneck accent. Well, you know, do that. she Co- hated it. Cooter was the name of one of the cops on Duke's Hazard. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry about the cooter <laughs> sidetrack there. Okay. It's going to be time. No Nobody more cooter. Nobody Trump. Okay, Alyssa. <laughs> so, Georgie has been abducted by aliens. And this book starts and they are in, you're going to love like a lot of this. Like there's only a small part that you're going to hate. It's really, I'm, un- I'm already, my mind is already in the probe really category. Really unfortunate. <laughs> so they get abducted by aliens and it starts out really like classic, like flying saucer, like aliens with like big green heads and like big green heads? fingers. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you need to go outside yeah, while we tell this story? Kayla? <laughs> no, don't go. <laughs> Hi, Kayla's Kayla. gonna have to take over while. Hi. While Martha takes a mental break. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> so this starts out really classic flying saucer. Georgie and a couple other women have been abducted by aliens. And I immediately thought, man, I'm going to hate this book. This is going to be so stupid. It reminded me of like, did any of you watch Unsolved Mysteries? Yes. Yes. So it reminded me of like the dreams that people had when they got abducted by aliens Mm -hmm. on Unsolved Mysteries. And they're like, and it was a big white room and they were like in lab coats. And I was like, this is going to be so dumb. I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) These are the bad aliens. We don't see a lot of them because the girls revolt and they crash the ship and murder the bad aliens. Yes. What are they crashing it into in space? A planet. Okay. So not Earth, a different planet? A different planet. Okay. So they crash land onto this planet. How you doing over there, Martha? So far, so good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not choking. (laughs) Yet. You want some peas? Now she is going to leave the room. (laughs) So they crash land onto this planet, and this is an ice planet, because this is called Ice Planet Barbarians. So they crash land onto the ice planet. And um, it's really fucking cold on this ice planet. It's probably... It's ice. It's ice. It's all Mm -hmm. snowy. And they don't really know what they're going to do, because everything is ice. And so... They, Georgia has become kind of the de facto leader. She's the one who kind of like led the riot against. You exiled yourself, Martha. She's she's in alien timeout right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
Georgie has gone out to explore this planet because what they need is food and they kind of need like some kind of shelter and like wood to build a fire. And so she goes out and she's immediately almost murdered by like a fish in a river because it was hiding like what the, what it does is it waits just below the surface, waits for someone to drink and then comes out out of the water and tries to suck them under Ooh. and then eat them. That's a bad fish. It's a really hostile planet. <laughs> I guess so. And so... She is saved from the murder fish <laughs> by um, a giant blue alien named Vectal, and they fall in love. So the blue aliens are the nice aliens. The blue aliens are the nice aliens. Awesome. And so um, she kind of has to explain to him, even though they don't speak the same language, that she needs to get back to the other people because like she's got this entire group of women that she has to take care of mm-hmm. and so and so a lot of this book is her experience like exploring this planet which they call not Hoth because it's like Hoth from Star Wars but it's not Hoth but it's not Hoth because this isn't Star Wars <laughs> fair enough it even has two sons like that other planet in Star Wars what's the other one Tatooine, it has two sons. I was going to say, it's been so long since I've watched Star Wars, I couldn't tell you. What? It's been a long time since I watched Star Wars. We're going to rewatch Star Wars. Okay, we can do that. We relive Hoth. I really liked the world building in this story because a big problem I have with sci-fi, which was why I was hesitant to read this book, even though it's been recommended to me by multiple people. I don't like the world building in sci-fi. Like, sometimes I think it's really, like, overbearing and you're like trying really hard to like explain this thing that's different than things we're used to and I think Ruby Dixon does a really good job of world building without it seeming like unwieldy Mm -hmm. like you need to take notes yeah and like she's not like forcing it like here's all these things then it's like really overwhelming and I hate that and I think she does a really good job of just like gradually building in all of these things to like make a real cohesive world Mm-hmm. This was a really fun book. It's like an adventure story. Um, Georgie and the giant blue alien do fall in love, and it's great. <laughs> but I really, really liked this book. There are like 20 of them in the series. I've read like 16 of them so far. Oh, wow. They read really fast because you're just like, there's always like some kind of action adventure going on. Like mm-hmm. there's always something new happening it, later in the series, like in order to like, combat staleness like she does a really great like she basically changes all the stakes Hmm. for everyone in the story with like a big event it's really really good I actually highly recommend it even though it is ridiculous and bonkers and you have to read about alien sex (laughs) which is a lot to deal with (laughs) but it is a really great story so that was Ice Planet Barbarian by Ruby Dixon Martha you can come back now but only if you play well with others. <laughs> I'm just going to say that this would have taken twice as long because when you said, Cause I, I you know, dude, I, get I really, really don't irritated. mind alien sex. Actually, I kind of like it because, you know, you, you have to, you have to explain the other parts. I've actually read a couple of books that were, that involved interspecies relationships and they were hot. I think... That we should no, have. No, 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 no. <laughs> the dolphin sex one was just too weird. No, this was this was aliens, sentient aliens, falling in love with each other. 
which I find fascinating because I don't know, somewhere deep down in my strange, twisted little soul, I think we're going to meet some aliens someday, you guys. I think this would have been a good thing for you to read for when we do the week of romance books in okay. February. Remind me and... I'll find a different one out of the series because you can kind of just like pick the pretty standalone. Okay. Find me a good one. So I'll find you a good one. As long as there are no llamas involved. There are no llamas. Okay. Can't do llamas. There are no again. llamas on not Hoth. Yeah. On you hear not that, Hoth everyone? <laughs> Alien sex is okay, but not llamas. But sex. no llamas. No llamas. Martha's sex. got really specific rules. Yeah, no llamas. Nope. Hopefully, not any cowboys either. I don't like cowboys either. I don't like cowboys either, so you're okay. good. No sorry cowboys, to, sorry no llamas. 40, 40 to 60 year old cowboy men. I hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> There was a guy there last night that was mature. There were a couple of guys there last was night. Was one of them my dad? No, it was not your dad. <laughs> so like, my dad was there. Speaking of which, I still was... need you to give me the name of that author. That I do. Likes. There was a couple of My dad of and Bonnie there. read the same things. I told you, I am your 40 to 60 year old man. You are. Magnet. <laughs> that's why I like you so much. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> you kind of give me the 40 yeah. to 60 year old Before man she came over to talk to us, he was like, your friend needs to read this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> he had a whole list. All right, now settle down, everybody. Mine's out of the gutter. She's saying think... that like she didn't start this. I did start I it. <laughs> okay, self. Cool your jets. Let's do some serious book things now. All right, Morgan, I know you're going to do something serious. I can just feel it. Yes, I am. So I did a true crime. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. I think I put that on my, did I put that on my TBR last night? No, that was a different one. You need to. So I did Dead in the Water by Penny Farmer, and I loved this book. And my husband actually read it before I did. And he is an American Airlines uh, 737 uh, pilot based out of Miami. And so he loved it as well. Because the first uh, part of it, almost the first quarter, is just a gorgeous travel um, kind of description of this young doctor who left um, Great Britain in 1977 with his fiance, and his name was Chris Farmer, and her name is Petta Brimpton. And so they left, and they came, and they spent some time in Australia, and then they went to Los Angeles. They made their way down through Mexico and Guatemala and just gorgeous descriptions of travel. And you know all of this because there's letters that the author got from um, both of them. And so they're describing these, you know, sandy beaches and blue water and sailing and all of these awesome adventures. And then their lives intersect with a psychopath. Ooh. And <laughs> yeah. They were going to go back up north through South America by train, and then they ran into this guy named Silas Dwayne Boston, and he had a sailboat, and he had young boys, I think they were about 10 and 12, with him, and he offers to sail them back up north, and then they're going to continue on their journey. And because things on the boat, it's a small, tiny boat, um, he starts being abusive to his sons. And yeah, and so Chris Farmer, the young doctor, defended um, one of the sons against an attack from his father. And when he defended the son and then humiliated the dad, that's when the dad decided he was going to kill them. 
And so <laughs> he killed them. And he actually killed them in front of the boys. Oh, my God. Yeah. And this is true crime? This, this is actually true happened? crime. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I can read that. That really sounds... Well, oh it's, really, it's really fascinating. The travel's really fascinating. It's really not that gruesome. Um, other than the descriptions of the bodies, which they find um, are pulled up on shore in Guatemala. And... Pretty quickly, the families of these two have figured out who they think did this. And there's a lot of work, and they spend years trying to work with the police in Guatemala. Um, they hire people down in Guatemala to try to figure some things out for them. Um, and it's really kind of bizarre that even the victim's father was allowed to call the murder suspect by the police in Great Britain because they didn't want to spend the money to you know, make a collect call uh, to the United States by this time is back what? where the murder is at. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, through everything that the family did, they kept all these documents. They kept all of these records. Nothing happens, though, until 2015. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so 2015, uh, murder victim's sister, who is the author, Penny Farmer, gets on Facebook and she finds the murderer has a Facebook profile. Holy oh, no. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then she finds his sons, the ones that were described as being on the boat in the letters from her deceased brother. And she reaches out to them. What? Yes. And they're actually witnessed because they saw it happen. Yes. Yes. Uh, so right about that time, 2015, <sighs> she decides to, she's found them on Facebook um, and that's fascinating. And she calls the Greater Manchester Police Department cold case unit. And she makes an appointment with them. And right about that time, police in California are looking for the Golden State Killer. Yes. <gasps> well, you heard a collective <laughs> gasp in this room. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So she reaches out to police and says, you know, I found the sons. One of them has responded to my message. Luckily, the police say, thank you for not interacting with him, taking that a step <laughs> further. They get involved, um, and they reach out to police in um, California, and they go visit with his sons. And at that point, the rest of the book becomes even more fascinating because you discover that not just one of the sons, but both of them had spent pretty much their entire life reaching out to different law enforcement saying, our father is a murderer. He killed not only these people on the boat that we saw. Here were their names. Oh, my God. He killed Holy. He killed their mother. He Total, he ended up killing, they think, around 33 people. What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And law enforcement didn't do anything? There was, there was so much miscommunication and kind of messages just missing between um, U.S. law enforcement and Interpol and... So all of that is really, really fascinating. And then it's really fascinating. One time, even one of the sons uh, thought that he had an FBI case number from talking to law enforcement. And it turns out he didn't. He didn't know what this number went to. But both of these sons had spent their entire life trying to reach out. And a lot of it is because he also killed their mother and told them details about that. And so what? they wanted to find her body. This guy just and sounds so, like a horrible. Like he's a horrible horrible sadist psychopath um the murder that is the subject of this book he committed over the course of about 48 hours uh. and would slowly walk the victims into taking one step 
further and making themselves weaker and weaker, trying to get them to agree. And until the point where then they were naked, tied up. Oh, my. You put a bag over their head and threw them off the boat. But hmm. in, in at the early stages of that, he had attacked the murder victim, the young doctor, so bad that he injured himself. And the victim actually gave him some medicine. Oh, my god! Because he's wow. just that good of a humanitarian. And so this and the book guy was, killed him for it. Mm, thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this book is really amazing because the victims' families, both of them, the sons, they were victims of their father, too. Yes. And then the murder victims' family ended up, they were just amazing people. And the way that they ended up communicating with each other and forming relationships with each other to try to figure out what oh, wow. happened. And they exchanged some property. Um because the sons had property that belonged to the murder victim. Mm-hmm. And I did the audio as well as the book book. And they're both fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. The audio is really good because the son has a different voice um, than the sister oh, of the murder victim. two different narrators? So, yes. Oh, cool. And I thought that made it really Sometimes, easier to follow. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, I don't really like the trend that audio is going to where you have a different person for every character. I think that's too much like listening to a television show. I didn't really care for that style. Well, this one just had two, and that's why I really liked it, because you knew that you were either listening to the murder victim's sister, and that's who was telling that part of the story, or it was the victim's son. So, uh, But the book book has all sorts of pictures and really neat um, documents included in it. So just get both. I want to read this. I'm going to be so mad when I read it, but I want to read it. Yeah, it it's really good. I was making breakfast last Sunday, listening to this in my kitchen, and just tearing up, mainly because of what good people the victim's sister and then the son is as well. I mean, you're just so shocked that somebody can come from that horrible of a sadist, psychopath person. And still be a good person. And be an amazing person. Be a wonderful person. And it really the part that I liked, too, is when the... Uh, victim's sister found the son's Facebook page. She knew based on some political statement that he made on the page, he was going to be a good person. Hmm. And I loved that too. So, yeah. You mean he didn't uh, revere a psychopath? No, no surprise. You know. Amazing. But it's a, such a good book because of the outcome and because they did eventually manage to arrest this guy in 2016. And I won't tell you kind of what happens, but... Um, that's the, the, the little bit of a suspense. If you don't Google and you just read it. No, I'm just going to read it. I so, won't Google Bonnie. it. Yeah. Vonnie. I can't promise anything. <laughs> She's going to go home and Google it. <laughs> she well, will. usually what I do is when I'm reading the book, I'll be like, ooh, I need to read that. And I'll read part of it. Like what I did for my one ad killer is I'll get halfway through. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. And then I need to Google it for yourself. Yeah, basically. Bonnie. I do. <laughs> don't spoil it for yourself. But it's really good. It's and then hard there's, not to. <laughs> there's really good statements from law enforcement in the back, too. And I loved those so much. You know, the prosecutor and um, all the different law enforcement. You need to explain from... what you do for a living, though. So, you know, I'm an attorney and I'm in private practice now, but I just finished um, six years in a district attorney's office. Oh, cool. And so I love law enforcement. I love working with law enforcement. And I really liked the part about the role that law enforcement played. Mm-hmm. 
And especially because I feel like good law enforcement, if they're really driven on a case, they will go make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there were some characters in this book who were true people. That um, went above and beyond. They did. Yeah. There's yeah. some detectives in California and a really good federal prosecutor, as well as um, in that Manchester cold case unit as well. So cool. a lot of good That's real awesome. people. Sweet. And just to be fair, when I said that about and the police didn't do anything, a lot of times their hands are tied because of budget constraints and everything else. I know that it's not necessarily No, I'm still pissed well, about the collect call thing. Yeah, well, the, the collect call <laughs> thing was pretty bad. Sometimes That's people don't cool. listen. I think my biggest issue is that people do not take children seriously. Well, they were adults. and they one were of them, adults? Yeah, one of the sons was headed to the Marines, and he felt like he needed to get this off his chest before he went to the Marines. But no, that was also fascinating to me because having worked in government, sometimes you see the effects of red tape and big organizations and things are clunky and things get missed. Yeah. Mm. And so it it takes those good people out there to work around all of that. And it was right. just sad that it took 38 years. That it took that long. Yeah. But, yeah. but the sister really made it happen. She Otherwise, I don't think anything would have ever happened. But she mm. decided to get on Facebook. Well, good for her. Yeah. I mean, because some, sometimes social media, my book was av- obviously the bad part of social media, but that's a good part of social media that yeah. it can help with stuff like this. Yeah. So it was a really good read. Sounds awesome. What's your uh, title and artist? Uh, Dead in the Water by Penny Farmer. I can only read a certain number of true crime novels before I start to get really freaked out by everything. And I just read a really freaky one, so I'm resting. But it does sound good, though. All right. Time for me. I read one of my favorite authors, Emma Donahue. She's the same one that wrote Frog Music. Mm -hmm. She wrote The Wonder, which I loved. It was called Akin by Emma Donahue. And it was about kind of an interesting connection between a much older gentleman and uh, his great nephew. Basically, his mother, the social services calls him and says, okay, well, we have an issue here. Um, Your nephew's mother is going to jail. And we have tried to contact all of these different people to take him and we can't find anyone. You are his only available relative. Well, this gentleman has been planning this trip to the south, to the south of France for years. And he has already booked his tickets. He's booked the trip and he's set to go the next week when this phone call comes. So... Long story short, he ends up accepting the role of caretaker for his nephew. Well, just before this, um, the gentleman's name, who's Noah, he's a retired chemistry professor, and he's super smart also. But he had gone through some of his, uh, some old photos discovered that from when his mother was living in France... I think he got him from his sister or something, but he basically there were super old photos that his mother had saved. Well, he doesn't understand what the photos are. They're very unusual. 
they are um, kind of, you see one of the back of someone, you see someone's shoes, you see t- something taken in front of a building. They're, they're like covert pictures. Well, you also have the background of the fact that his grandfather was a very famous photographer. And they have money from this, from their photographer grandfather. You end up following the two of them, the older man and his great nephew, who is, I think, 11, through this impromptu trip to France. And you have double things going on, which is one of the things I like. I like layers in a book. I don't like stuff that's too simple. I enjoyed the fact that the young man, that Michael, that was with him was a very reluctant traveler, foul-mouthed little shit, basically. But he, he came from, from poverty. His father was this... His father was a shit, but his uncle loved him very much. So he has that, he has a connection there with, um, the uncle had really doted on his nephew and just loved him so much, but he took advantage of his family because he was very charismatic and he ended up taking money and stuff. And basically he was a shit. He turned into a drug dealer, turned into this terrible person and then he got married and they had the son. He went to jail. There's a whole other story there. But the young man, so basically grew up, grew up in poverty and never knew any of his family because of this. So you have this very particular kind of child with basically a college chemistry professor who finds every opportunity he can to educate. So that's interesting because they're kind of building a, a rapport, but in a very interesting way. So you get that and the mystery of those pictures. They start going around this because they're going back to where his mother grew up. So they go to these museums and to these different places and he tries to make connections there. And they slowly start to figure out that his mother was involved somehow with Nazis and all of this, you know, German, and they don't know what it is. So he's alternately freaked out and curious the whole time. Noah, the guy, the older guy, trying to figure out why his mother has these pictures and if it made her a bad person or not. So it was a fascinating story. And as usual with Emma Donahue, it was extremely well written. I didn't give it five stars just based on, I don't know. I think I liked it more after the fact. What a you lot of about books, it? A lot of books are like that for me after I sit with it for a while. And I ask myself the question, would I go back and read this again? And as usual, the answer is yes, I would go back and read it again. I'm giving it that last star. I think mainly because of the layers of things that were going on, the different kinds of story that were present and the way they were put forward, just the history that he was able to show his nephew was realistic to me because an 11 year old boy is a shit. It's they're not going to automatically turn into this great, nice person at the end of the book 
just because they've had a good influence for a week. And sometimes a book will do that where they'll make everything nice and happy and, you know, this kid, you know, turns into this little angel, which we all know if we have kids is total bullshit. The kid is not going to do that. You know that, right, Kayla? I mean, I don't know about your little boy, but mine at 12 was an angel. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you know better because they're, yes, I do know better. (laughs) But they do, they do find that redemption, but they, they hang on to it. They don't show it. Little boys are different. They don't show that kind of thing outwardly. He was taking everything in. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's the reason I like this book so much, is it wasn't one of those touchy-feely. It was realistic. It was very realistic mm-hmm. with the relationship between those two. You saw the growth. But it was in a way that felt authentic instead of being sanitized for our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't bedazzle it. Not at all. Nope. I highly recommend this book for a couple of reasons. Uh, the background was, was really fascinating to hear about some of the things that happened in France during that time that I did mm-hmm. not know about. But it was given to me in a way that felt less like learning something mm-hmm. <laughs> and more like discovering. I don't know. Yeah, discovering. It was yes. less learning and more discovering. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Plus, I love the way she described the landscape of the town that they were in. It really made you feel like you were walking down those streets. Emma Donahue is, she is, no, she creates masterpieces with every book she writes, but they're also different. You can't put her in a box. You can't put her in a genre. Frog music was an amazing book. Which was another thing that you learned a little about history. You by did. discovering instead of. You did. And it had like so many layers of things going on in it. The same thing with the wonder. Mm-hmm. This one, once again, she does incredible things. If you haven't read Emma, Emma Donahue's books, I couldn't recommend anything more. And Akin by Emma Donahue was the name of that book. Awesome. Okay. It's always good when a, bur- when a book makes you learn. Well, it's not so much. I don't like the ones that are straight learning. I like the ones that have got something to solve, too. It's that ADD in me. I need more than one thing mm-hmm. going on at once in order to make it interesting. I mean, I like those, but I like the books that... I know. Make you learn. You do. <laughs> That's why I read those nonfictions every once in a while. Yeah, I know. You got to keep your little 40 to 60 year old man soul going. I know. <laughs> I do. I have another one that my that my dad recommended to me about D-Day, but it's a nonfiction that I want to read, but I probably will not. Yawn. I say that, but I probably will. Yeah, well, you'll review it. That's fine. So you <laughs> said your your husband's a pilot? He is. Awesome. So I'm always jealous. He I, commutes from Lubbock, Texas to Miami. So he has hours to read every week. Wow. What does I'm he so read? Jealous. He likes Stephen King. So he and I both like true crime. And mm-hmm. then we both like the thriller, psychological, mm-hmm. scary, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Stephen just, King. Yes. I just love planes. I don't know why. Planes he has are a thing for transportation. Awesome. And he looks really good in his uniform. 
Are you going to show me? I mean, that's always better. <laughs> that's what's like, most important. Stay away from my husband. Well, I mean, if you're going to mention it, okay. But I can't say that until you say it first. I mean, we, we keep the hat in the bedroom. <laughs> Here, honey, put this on. It doesn't go to work. <laughs> honey, it's my turn to wear the hat. <laughs> now what do I need to do to earn these wings? <laughs> God, I wish you could see body space right now. Am I on the correct altitude? <laughs> I think you need to go a little below the, a little south of the equator. Below the equator. Oh my God. <laughs> and on that note, that's going to do it for Three, three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.